When it comes to independent wrestling and the deathmatch scene, one company is on the rise, and that is Ruthless Pro Wrestling. Featuring today's hottest talent, like Justin Kyle, Dale Patricks, The Rejects, Mickey Knuckles, Hoodfoot Mo Atlas, and more. Check out all of our events on IWTV. Find all of our social media and our RPW merch now at RuthlessPro.com. What it is, what's up, and welcome everyone to Faces and Feels. I'm your host, Rafe Houston, and today I'm joined by a very scummy guest. It is the dreadful, the Dread King, Logan. How are you today, sir? <laughs> the classic laugh. I'm good, you? <laughs> I'm very good. Uh, that's right, guys. It is the second half of Midwest Scum here with me today. I am very happy to catch up with you today, man. Thank you for making the time. Hey, man, I just appreciate you taking time for me. Oh, man, anytime. I had the pleasure of speaking to your grimy partner, Zach Thomas, earlier this week, and it's very nice to complete the set and uh, get to speak to you. So uh, we've got lots to talk about today. I had a great time with the Boiling Point Tournament and all of your guys' recent achievements. But before we jump straight into that, why don't we do that thing where I rewind at the very start and talk about the very first faces that you were exposed to in professional wrestling. So when you think back to when you first started getting into it, who stood out to you immediately, bro? Well, there's like, for some reason, when I think back to wrestling, like um, the, the thing that really stood out to me was uh, when, which Royal Rumble was it when Hogan helped pull out Sid and Flair went over? Was that? Uh, I'm so bad at the numbers, but I know the one you're talking it about. It was that one. But yeah. for some reason, the only things that really pop up as a child is that moment and then a lot of Jake the Snake and Undertaker, really, you know? <laughs> like Jake the Snake was just, the man dude like he can look into the camera and just you couldn't stop looking away when he talked so no you would later on, had that intensity yeah oh no i listened to a story about him where uh he was doing a promo in the camera mm-hmm. and then he stopped talking and the guy filming the promo was like why'd you stop talking he goes well you had to lean in to listen to what i said next too didn't you yeah. So I was like, whoa, because it made everybody at home get up to go turn their television up a little bit yeah. to see if he's still talking, and he wasn't. Like, so smart, man. Yeah. Outside the box. Exactly. I, I was lucky enough to see him just <laughs> before the fucking world ended. He was doing his talking tour, you know, like, uh, you know, an evening with Jake the Snake or whatever. So... Uh, that was at a local bar here, and I went to go down, and it was just him, you know, Q&A, telling stories and stuff like that, and it was really, really interesting, man. He's lived a life. <laughs> he has almost lost a life, you yeah, know? Yeah, I know. I'm just glad to see that he, uh, you know, he recovered. It's a, it's a story of triumph, if you think about it, you know? Mm-hmm. All the trials and tribulations, and then to cross the finish line with your head held high, yeah. and then realize there's another race to go. I mean, that's life. It's, it's crazy, dude, because, like, that guy had the odds stacked against him, you know, from a very young age. Like, he should have 
been like just another, you know, casualty, you know, and he and he came through it. And even when he was like the worst person ever, and everybody was like, he's the worst person ever, he still managed to come back from it. And and you know, it gives you a little bit a bit of hope. I've, I've talked about it a little bit on the podcast before, but my brother has been like an addict and sort of out of my life for like twenty years now like you know on drugs since 14 and um and i can't even imagine him ever sort of coming back from that you know so like the fact that jake could actually do that you know it still leaves that little you know niggle of hope i guess but uh i'm not too yeah. hopeful <laughs> not too hopeful, well, you can't but... can't ever give up on the people you care about you know Mm-mm. it's just you, uh, you never know yeah exactly there's a, there's always that care but then there's also that um that oh, protection yeah. method, you know what I mean? That like self-defense, like I've sort of grieved. Yeah. For, I've grieved for this person, you know what I mean, already. And so yeah. you've kind of written them off. But hey, you're always open to them maybe walking back into your life and being a better person. But you'd have to see a lot right. of change. And I, I think that's what Jake did. You know, he he put in the effort in documentary form, no less, basically. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? And everybody yeah. got to really... And that was like not flattering at all, you know, but it, but it was inspiring you know by the time it was all said and done see i'm a firm believer that um you're only given so much time in life yeah and you don't want to waste those moments Mm -hmm. because how do i explain this like to me when people come to me like i'm thanking you for the time you're giving me right now because you'll never get it back Mm -hmm. and i'll never get this time back so i don't want to squander my time i don't want to waste it because one day all that will be left to me is a memory and one day that memory is going to die too. So I want to make it as strong as it can to last as long as it can. So my time is very important. I don't get much. Zach calls me crazy because what little time I do have to rest, I'm down here working out in the gym or I'm busting my ass trying to get promos done. I, he, he thinks I'm nuts because I never stop. I never sleep. I'm always, I'm, you know, it's either eat, sleep, work, eat, sleep, work, you know, yeah. lift, lift, lift. It's, like, it's just, but if you want to be the best, you got to act like the best. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, it doesn't come easy you know what i mean like the the anything you get in this world comes with hard work and that's the only way to do it you know <laughs> some people yeah. may may have easier roads and they may get <coughs> things but it's hard to maintain that but it's never a waste mm-hmm. of time if you're developing your craft or what you want to do oh yeah hard work is like i live off of hard work because i don't want anybody to tell me i deserve something i want to earn every single thing for you to tell me i deserved it means you never saw any of the work i did you're just using that word but if you say I earned it, to me, you watched my up and coming. You watched my rise. You saw everything I did. You know what I did to get to that moment. Mm-hmm. So that's what's really important to me. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're rewinding a little bit then. Let's, let's Sorry go. About that. No, no, that's no. Please don't apologize. It's awesome. Um, we cruising back, like as we, we go back. So we'll look at the entire journey, right? Because I, I know yeah. that I know that you have gone through a massive transformation over time. So. So you you first start to see the those wrestlers they stand out to you. Are you are you straight away thinking I'd like to be a wrestler one day, or, or how do you come across that? You know, or does that seem way too far away? Oh no! Like as soon as I saw wrestling, that was my whole life. I never missed a Monday night Raw. I never. I would you know like if I had to miss it and I had to go somewhere, I would call up and say, "Please record this because if you don't, I'm gonna go crazy. I gotta know what's going on." You know, like yeah. And then, you know, Monday Night Wars came and I'm flicking back and forth wearing out remotes and stuff because I don't know which one to watch. And then I fell in love with ECW and ECW became my like, 
holy crap, this is wrestling. Yeah. Like, but yeah, man, like, uh, I knew from a start, like my entire high school career, um, in biology, I can't give you the periodic table, but I can tell you what an arm bar is. I can tell you what a headlock is. I didn't learn shit in science, but I learned how to do proper hurricane runners and things like that with one of my best buddies next to me. Yeah. You know? You were saying off mic, you were what, doing backyarding and stuff almost straight away or Yeah. So as a kid, I I would you know, I don't recommend anybody listening to this. Don't do that. Get proper training. You don't wanna hurt no one in that ring. Yeah. You wanna be you know, I always want to, you know, don't try this at home is true. Um, but yeah, I was a dumb young kid and we were in the, you know, just rolling around in the grass, doing stupid things, building rings out of junk and pretending to be our heroes, you know, yeah. like looking up to our heroes and trying to, you know, without it, I, you know, I don't know. I don't want to condone it because I don't want people to get hurt. Yeah. But, um, you know, it was a part of me. It, it made me who I am. It toughened me up. It, you know, it got me to where. I thought, okay, I can do this until one day um, I, I went to this promotion named BCWA and a lot of guys weren't trained there and stuff like that. And the owner, Mike Blackwell, brought in Briar Wellington and Briar Wellington ended up taking me under his wing and training me. But we'll get to that once you want to you know, talk about oh, that. Yeah, but, no, um, no, that's that's totally fine. Um, just rewinding on the, the backyard stuff for a hot second just because I always find it pretty entertaining what kids kind of get up to when they're doing stupid shit. Uh, I, and I've had conversations <laughs> with a few other people about, you know, the links they went to when backyarding and stuff like that and mm, rings they built and things like that. Uh, when you're building rings out of junk, how are you going about <laughs> that? I, lo I love the mechanics of it. Like, like. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so what happened was my we talked my friend's um, parents into letting us sink concrete into the ground with pvc tubes that came up what yeah and then we ran ropes around it uh -huh. but it only lasted a day because he was like what the hell and made us take it all down <laughs> so you know what it's like lifting up like 40 pound 50 pound concrete blocks out of the ground it i imagine it's, i imagine it's not fun no, I just, we would find stuff in the garbage and fill up the back of my truck and go drive. And one time it all blew out. Like it just blew out over the road. There was, it was a, yeah, don't do this. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I've heard a few sort of mechanisms created by different people. Like one that I thought was pretty good was Richie Taylor, who's an Australian wrestler. He was the first ever deathmatch down under champion. He's just retiring now. Um, was like, they used to get tires and like lay them all down and then put like yep. a board over that and then strap that all down kind of thing. And I was like, that was pretty, <laughs> pretty clever. I wish I would have thought of that, man. Yeah. <laughs> that was pretty good. I thought, but yeah. Um, so, so yeah, you go, you go on, you start getting real training when you, when you go to that promotion that you're talking about, are you feeling, I don't know, like, like you said, <laughs> no, but nobody was really trained. Were you feeling like it wasn't, safe or at the time did you not really know any better and you were just going with the flow so well before i went to that promotion i was in a backyard promotion i actually had a real ring mm -hmm. so we were we were doing shows at that and then they brought us in like certain guys from there he liked me because it seemed like i knew what i was doing uh -huh. and um i don't know how i felt about it because i thought i was doing the right thing you know like what you know like as a kid you're you're young and you think you know everything and you know the world is against you so screw them they don't know yeah. but in reality you look like a jabroni you know you just 
So once I got my training, then I like sat back and I was like, Oh, this is what it is. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's just, it all kind of clicked and made sense. Mm-hmm. It just uh, developed then like, so Mike brought Briar Wellington in, Richie boy, Briar Wellington, who's took me under his wing. He's a mentor to me. He's like so smart with wrestling. He's like really intelligent. I don't know if you've seen his work. He, he was GCW heavyweight champion. Um, just outstanding. Yeah. The, Juggalo champion. The name, the name is familiar, but I, I don't think I've seen anything. He, he owns, he's the uh, main promoter of Horace Land. Oh, okay then. I, I have seen mm-hmm. Horror Slam stuff before though. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Briar, he's 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 really cool, man. He's outstanding. Mm-hmm. So then from there I met uh Levi Blue, who is a Michigan legend. And like my kids call him Uncle Uncle Levi and he took me under his wing and he fine tuned me. Mm-hmm. And uh just, you know, he brought out the best in me. He instilled in me how to treat people and how I should be treated. You know, I really look up to him. He would invite me over this young kid who thinks he knows everything and he would cook me a huge steak or a huge dinner and he'd sit me down and say, all right, kid, what do you want to know? And I'd have my little notebook with me and I'd get every little bit of information I could get out of him. I'd squeeze him like a lemon. I'd get every last drop, you know? And I still, to this day, I just talked to him yesterday. To this day, I still call him and he calls me and, you know, we say we love each other and stuff. He's one of my best friends. So, And he took me under his wing and, uh, I mean, I got I got trained by a couple of people. Like right now, Johnny Bravo has me under his wing. That guy is unbelievable. He is amazing, and uh, he he's looking out for me. And I owe him more than anything. I call him Pops because yeah. he looks out for me so much. You know, he tells me what I should and shouldn't do the way I need to hear it, like, yeah. and explains to me in detail mm-hmm. why I shouldn't or should do this. Mm-hmm. It's uh, I couldn't ask for better people. That's so awesome. It- I feel like it also um, it also must speak to your ability to learn and take feedback and your attitude and stuff like that because for people to give up <coughs> that kind of time and invest mm-hmm. in somebody, it, it's a lot. You know what I mean? Like you say, the most precious thing in this world is time and and they're giving it to you. So, so I think that probably reflects on your attitude as well. And it's being coachable and wanting to learn and wanting to talk and giving back. And all of that is like really important. Yeah. My big thing is, uh, my buddy Shogun taught me about synergy, mm-hmm. putting good energy out and goody good energy back. Mm-hmm. And I never realized I was doing it my whole life until he told me this a few years ago about it. And I was like, man, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. And I've always instilled in myself that, I want to treat people how I want to be treated. And I look for the good in everybody. You know, everyone says the glass is half full. Well, I think you can fill that son of a bitch back up. I mean, why not? Why isn't there a, a jug sitting next to the glass? Why can't you just keep going on and having a good time? Yeah. You know, and that's how I see people like, and then, you know, if you burn me, okay, I learned a lesson from that. I, you know, I just, I'll grow, I'll get better. I don't need you anymore. You showed me who you really are and I've never changed. And so, sometimes that's valuable to know as well. Sometimes it's like, okay, cool. I know. And now that's an investment in not needing to waste any more time on you, you know, exactly. <laughs> and your energy and your negativity as I move forward. Yeah. 100%, 100%. Um, so as you're like learning from these guys and really starting to sort of pick up steam, 
are you at this point going through your physical transformation? Because I know, or, or is that sort of a, a time when you slipped? Because I, I've seen a photo on social media and you shared it recently. You hit like a, a new weight goal. And, and the, the picture you shared was of a quite bigger Dread King. <laughs> so, that, so, was, uh, that was the Bread King. <laughs> <laughs> so was... Was it the Bread King learning this stuff, or like were you a bigger guy and but they could tell you wanted it, or or how how was this working bodily? I so guess. What what happened was, um, you know, I, I was wrestling at BCWA and I ended up getting married and had some kids, and mm-hmm. I started hating wrestling. Like I didn't want to be a part of it no more. I, okay. I quit for like three or four years. Yeah, well, I I just I lost my taste for it, my flavor for it, and then I just blew up. I got big. I was like. 285 pounds, maybe plus that. I don't even know in that picture. I might've been more, but uh, one day I looked in the mirror and I was like, listen, if I can't afford a Ferrari, I need to become a Ferrari. Mm -hmm. I can't, I can't walk around like this. Stairs are my worst enemy. Mm -hmm. You know, like I, I dreaded getting up in the morning. I dreaded living my life. I was uncomfortable. I was unhappy. And uh, I said, I deserve better. I deserve everything that people say I don't deserve. But I mean, I need to earn it though. I, I earn, yeah, deserve. I hate deserve. I, I need to earn my place. I need to earn how I feel. I need to earn my smile back. I need to be stronger than I think I am. I always tell my wife, you're everything you think you're not. Because I tell myself I'm everything I think I'm not. Because I want to be better than what I am. So I woke up one day and I went to the gym. I didn't care who saw me. I didn't give a shit. I've, I've been lifting since I was a teenager. I got off the path and then I jumped back on it ever since then I haven't stopped. And uh, the other day I hit 199 after five years, I believe, of maybe maybe less of chasing this. And I've lost about 86 pounds. Wow. And I just feel amazing. So it was pre-Dread King. And then as my transformation was happening, it became Dread King. Yeah, and yeah. Dread King took over. The weird thing about Dread King and me is um, they're two different people. And I know that sounds weird, but, like, he, I allow him to do what he wants to do in the ring. And he lets me be happy with me and my kids and my family and do my life outside the ring. Yeah, right. And you can ask Zach this because he's seen it happen. Like, in the ring, it's not me. It's just a weird thing that clicks over time. It's the, the, the thing just became more and more than what it should be. I know it sounds weird and people look at me like it's bullshit, but I know what happens. I, I, I don't I think it's, it's, weird. it's bullshit at all. Like I know that feeling to an extent, probably, probably not as far. Um, but like, I, so I did a band for like 10 years, right? And oh, yeah. when you perform, it is possible to sort of drop into that other person and like that confident person that you want to be, right? So when I was behind the bass guitar and part of that band and doing that, I could project all this confidence that I wanted to, I guess, in my real life, you know? And so we weren't wearing makeup and spikes and and things, but we were a metal band and it would be (coughs) go time and it would start and I would feel myself falling into it, like gearing into that space and I would play and I would have friends be like who even are you when you're up there but they're like I can feel like the the energy coming off you and I would project it and I know how to become that person in that scenario you know what I mean so I could definitely see for a person like you as you become this persona or whatever 
changing. You know, I had a conversation with the heathen cruel the other day and he said the same thing. He said, in the mask, it's not me when I'm under there. He's like, something else takes over. He's like, you can't do those things and just be the smiling guy that's speaking to you now. You have to change. Like to become, yeah, yeah, man, it's, it's, it's like the, the adrenaline kicks in. You just like, yeah. um, like it's almost like the movie split, you know, where the brain mm-hmm. believes it, it becomes it. Yeah. And before my matches, I'm slapping myself in the face. Like, come on out, man, where you at? And he's right there, ready to go. Yeah. yeah. And it's like, it's dude, it's like a, the best high you can have. Yeah. I, I think nobody, nobody else said it better than our mutual friend, Darren McCarty. He was talking about you, and he, he said that uh, Logan's a great guy, but the Dread King's an asshole. <laughs> he's, a, he's a dickhead, man. I'm not going to lie. I mean, I know. I know. It's it's almost like everything I wish I could be in, you know, in the, every day. Yeah, yeah. But you can't. You got to be reserved. Society chains me up, man. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. In that ring, I'm completely unchained. Yeah. So a really quick Darren story since you brought him up. Um, Darren McCarty is the man, by the way, he literally is like, he just wants to help everybody like me. Yeah. He, uh, he has a guy with him. That's like Zach to me. And, um, the other day he sends me this, this, uh, video and he goes, watch. And he goes, he's in this place in East Lansing, which is in Michigan. It's a, you know, it's a head shop that sells, you know, marijuana and stuff like that. Cause Darren has a CBD brand and everything in there. And he's going, this is the flower, and this is the Darren McCarty case. And look, and he zooms in real close. And there's a picture of me holding his CBD oil. And he goes, and the Dread King protecting it all. <laughs> and I was like, holy crap. Like, how humbling is that? That's crazy. You know, eh? that my friend said that's something special. And it is. It and is. Like Darren. Darren's something special. Darren's – I look up to Darren a lot. How did – um? Uh, how did – you first meet Darren. Oh my God. He came up to me uh-huh. like you're the dread King. And I was like, you're Darren McCarty. <laughs> like, but you're the dread King. And <laughs> I was like, okay, yes I am. And next thing you know, we're just kicking it, man. Yeah. I have a tendency to just get along with people. Yeah. Like for the most part, I think. And uh, like how we are. Yeah, I mean, we're just bo- like we've been. It's like we've been friends forever already. Just the way we talk, it, you know? it literally feels like that. It does. The that's the crazy thing about Darren McCarty as well, because he's like that too. Like uh, I had a similar interaction with him, and and he he's very supportive of me too. He's amazing, and he's like this star from the other side of the world. You know, like yeah. I he just added me on Twitter, and I was like, thanks for the ad. Darren McCarty kind of thing. And he was like, yeah, I love what you do, blah, blah, blah. If you want to do something, let me know. And I was like, we can absolutely do something. Yeah. And I got him on the show. And when I like dialed, dialed this thing here, like, like I did to speak to you not that long ago, I wasn't sure what I was going to get. And then there he is, he's in his car. It's like, hey, bro, what's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And just so passionate about wrestling, like so excited. And we spoke for so long just about all the wrestling he likes and ICW and Ruthless and he just yeah. he loves it all man and yeah that was that was where I first heard your name he mentioned you he's, in that interview that's awesome he's inspirational so he I my I live where he works like like just down the block so I can walk up to where he works and he invited me up one day mm-hmm. and I learned a very valuable lesson that day mm-hmm. he's in there and he didn't like something that was being done for the job and he 
took the guy and he owned the room. He was the boss. He told it how it should be, but he did it in a way where it was like, you have to respect me. I respect you. This is how it should be done. And he demanded it. And then he turned and some gentleman came in with his child and he stopped doing that and he stopped everything he was doing and just started asking this child, what college are you going to? What are your hopes and aspirations? You know, just to take that time out of the day to inspire somebody else. Like I, I learn from him every time I meet him. He's, yeah. Yeah, he's awesome. He is. He's a, he's a special person, and he's also a person that went through a huge transformation. You know, he mm-hmm. he talks about all his successes and stuff, but then after that, things went off the rails for him. He knew, like he he says he's like I I was dead. Like I was, it was a wrap on me. You know, and then the fact that he could, and he kind of plays it off almost like it was nothing. You know, like he he's just like yeah, and so I had to sort it out and blah blah, and kind of breezes over it. But it's not a small thing. You know, it's mm-hmm. it's an amazing thing. Uh, to yeah, be, he's, to be able he's to as check. tough as you say he is. Yeah, exactly. And I think about, when I think about his transformation and I think about yours and I think about procrastinating in my normal day-to-day life, it seems kind of ridiculous. You know what I mean? Because we're talking like, you guys have lost like my entire body weight and stuff like that. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what, it'd be good, a few, few pounds kind of thing. And you guys are like, an entire me is like gone, which is, is, it's crazy, bro. Yeah. But you know, hard work pays off and self-love and just knowing that you're worth it more. You know, Darren knew one day, I think Darren woke up one day and said, I can't do this no more. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it just happens to people, man. It's a glitch in the system. We're all a little weird and kooky, man. The brain is a weird computer. Yeah. You know, exactly. I was going to ask you before that, like uh, you said, you looked in the mirror and um, and just say I can't do this anymore. Was that the moment? Was there a particular incident or anything, or it was just that you just got up and walked past it and caught a glimpse at yourself, and you went, "Nah, this is it." I don't know, man. I think I just woke up one day and just when you can't fit into your clothing and you're miserable and you have to keep buying clothes or you're splitting your pants or yeah, you know, you're wearing a shirt that's five times too big so it looks like a dress. Yeah. You have to look and say, "Listen, it's time." Like I wanted to be there for my kids and my wife. It wasn't fair. It wasn't fair because my wife's my bestest friend in the whole world. Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't fair. Yeah. I, I need to be here, mm-hmm. you know. So I just, it makes me really emotional because, yeah. you know, that's my whole world and I don't want to lose it. Absolutely. And if you don't treat yourself right, how can you treat others right? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah, exactly. Now, that, that's, that's amazing, bro. Was that also, like you said at that time that you you had fallen out of love with wrestling as well. And and that's when, you know, you had your kids and you, you weren't passionate about wrestling and you kind of fell off fitness. Was, was it just like you spinning your wheels and not feeling like you could get where, where you were and so you, you gave up and that sort of led to a depression or was it just, you know, like... Uh, unhappy with how things are going or, or what was it that made you essentially sort of give up on it, but then return, you know? Um, so it was like, okay, so like, that's a good question because it took me years to realize why I fell out of love with wrestling. Mm-hmm. And Becky Lynch had an interview once and she said, I stopped, she stopped wrestling for a minute and she mm-hmm. said she stopped because she was fearful of success. And I was like, whoa, that speaks volumes. Mm-hmm. 
And I was fearful of success. Like what happens if this actually pans out? And I think that might've been a big part of it. And I know another part was I just did not like the politics of it. Yeah. I just, I just didn't, you know, I try to watch what I say. I don't want to say anything that's too negative because it's just, it's just not worth um, upsetting people, you know, but politics and wrestling can be a lot, you know, not everyone's made for it. And I think at that moment, I just wasn't made for it. Mm-hmm. Just lost a lot of interest in it. You know, I was kind of big too. When I was wrestling back then, I was a little big. I just, I don't know what happened. Like I came back and forth, man. Like I lost weight. I put weight on. I lost weight. I put weight on. And this time there ain't no going back. Yeah, I have something to fight for, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so as you start to like lose the weight and stuff, how do you find your way back to wrestling? Everybody's got that story. Well, it feels like most people have that story where they get out of wrestling for a while. For me, like I've, I've said, I get in, a, get in a band, I'm doing other things. I'm not really liking the product that's on TV. And so I don't watch it anymore. And then I'm flicking through channels with my wife one day and roars on and I see uh, – you know, Seth Rollins curb stomp Randy Orton through a cinder block. And I was like, what the fuck's going on here? And then, and then I'm like, oh, and then me and my wife watch it and we're having a good time. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I used to really like wrestling. I'd kind of, you know, I'd told her that, but we hadn't really watched it. And she's like, I used to like it too. And then we started watching it. I start listening to podcasts because now, by this point, the business is sort of exposed and you can listen to interviews with all your favorites and learn about them. And it really starts to draw me back in. As you're on your fitness journey, where do you find wrestling again? Like, do, does it is it just natural for you? As you, you feel yourself feel better, you're like, maybe I could do this again. Like, or, or was there a moment you saw or something that sort of reignited that? Yeah. So I, I, um, my best friend would not stop bugging me. His name's Scotty Freytown. He would not stop bugging me about wrestling. Like, you got to come back. You got to come back. I'm like, nah, I hate it. I don't want to. I mean, like, he would oh my god he would not stop and then one day i was in the gym and i was curling and i looked in the mirror and i was like hmm maybe i can do this again Mm. but how is the wife going to react (laughs) (laughs) did she she knew you when you were wrestling before or had you already given up given up like did she know you was a wrestler we've almost been together for 15 years oh wow so, okay. mm-hmm. yeah she uh she saw me back in the day she saw my whole career she's yeah. been there for for everything and i came back and i had a match and when i came over to her after the match she looked at me with a smile and she said yeah you belong in there yeah and that was that that's it yeah i that's... said let me try it let me try it uh-huh and she, she was like, I, you can't, I can't take you out of there. It's for you. That's that's awesome. That's the dread queen right there, people. We have heard a oh, thanks for the blessing. Um, <laughs> she is amazing. Yeah. Like, I've never met a woman like that. There's nothing I wouldn't do for her. I'll burn the whole world just to make sure she's okay. Yeah. That's amazing, man. That's absolutely amazing. Oh, hey. How do you guys feel about your internet security? Good? Or do you hate it? Well, you must hate it if you haven't heard of NordVPN before. And do you hate like browsing the internet and streaming services from other countries and getting to watch whatever you want at the click of a button? I guess I must because I live in Australia. We don't get to see nothing. I can't even shop for cool stuff without a whole heap of bother. But now... 
thanks to NordVPN, with the click of a button, I can just transport my internet to that of another country, and shaglucky, I'm all sorted. And guess what? This holiday season, by going to nordvpn.com slash feels and using the code feels, you'll get up to 73% off your Nord VPN plan plus a bonus gift. That's right. Nord.com slash feels and use the code feels to get up to 73% off your Nord VPN plan and a bonus gift. Your Nord VPN plan and a bonus gift. Do yourself a favor. Do your privacy a favor. Do your eyes a favor and go to nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels. Now back to the show. Well, speaking of Zach then, I I know that you guys, when you first met, uh, did, <laughs> did, did not get on too well. The Dread King didn't like uh, Grimy Zach Thomas. So to, tell me about how that all eventuated, man. This is a fun story. Yeah, so I get to the show and I find out I'm wrestling Zach and I'm like, ah, oh, shit. Because <laughs> I didn't like him. Yeah. I thought he was a cocky little shit, and I thought he was, you know, he just shit didn't stink, and everybody shit stinks. Yeah. And uh, we got in the ring, and we're going, and we get outside the ring, and he rocks me. And I was like, oh. And I remember out loud saying to him, finally, somebody that can go. And I just leveled his ass. <laughs> and we just went toe to toe. And at that moment, I was like, okay, I like this kid. Yeah. And he was shocked, too, because I just remember seeing his face like, did he just say that and then punch me in the face? <laughs> I was like, yeah. <laughs> because, you know, and now we're like brothers, man. We're inseparable. Yeah. We've had amazing matches. We've had amazing moments, as you know. Like, there's nothing I won't do for that kid. Yeah. He he speaks very fondly of you as well. He's like, that's my big brother. And it, it's, like, amazing mm, that, bro. that how you guys met was by punching each other in the face. <laughs> It's weird. Like all my best friends, all my best friends in life, uh, I've hated before I became friends with them. Oh, well that, that's the closest. A, that's pretty wild. Yeah. Like my first real best friend who's still my like original number one best friend came up to me at a show and he goes, you see that girl out there? And it was my girlfriend at the time. It was my wife now. I go, uh-huh. yeah, what about her? He's like, man, she's effing hot. And I looked at him. I go, you ever say that again? I'm going to break your freaking jaw. Yeah. <laughs> and then six months later, I'm at his house drinking a beer. It's like whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's wild. Man, life takes some funny, funny turns, doesn't it? A lot of turns. Um, so as you you guys develop, obviously, you guys become friends, and you like start to hang out, and you, you start to do things. And did it become pretty evident that you guys wanted to? work together and and do stuff together you know you'd done a bunch of matches and were working well together when did when did that turn to be like man we should maybe become a unit uh i don't I, you know that's a good question i don't really know i just think one night we were just sitting down in my basement bullshit and i was like should we just tag because we're always together and i mean and what better than two guys who are literally know each other inside and out mm-hmm. how can you beat that yeah. so we just said let's go Let's do it. Mm-hmm. And next thing you know, I always had this tag team name in the back of my head. And I, personally, I never liked tag team. I never liked it. I just, because really? you can never find somebody. I could never find somebody that I had a click with. Mm-hmm. The only other person that I had a good click with was Asmodeus, and we tagged at Horace Land. Mm-hmm. And you should look his stuff up. He doesn't wrestle as much anymore. But Asmodeus and I tagged as the Dark, um, the dark Kingdom. 
and we rocked. It was awesome. And then he, he ended up stopping and the COVID shit hit and it ruined everything. And then Zach and I started grinding. And next thing you know, you got a little dreadful, little bit of dread, little bit of grind, yeah. shaking bass, you know? <laughs> it, well, yeah, it immediately stood out to me. And I said this to, to Zach, like, I grew up a huge fan of tag teams. It's my favorite type of wrestling. But for a while now, and this goes for nearly every promotion in the world, there's been nothing that has excited me. Like, at all. There's been times where there's been sort of peaks and stuff, but it always just seems like sort of like two dudes, using that term, that are like thrown together and they're not really a unit. And it's just like, this guy and this guy, you know? Like, and it it wasn't units. I used to love like Legion of Doom and Demolition. Mm. And I like, I like my tag teams to like wear the same stuff and be a unit and use tactics and all of the, all of that. And I feel like a team of two guys that's on the same page will always beat the two guys that are like just thrown together because they don't have it, you know? Uh, They don't have that synchronicity. And when you've got two people on the same page, that's amazing. And when you guys walked out at Ruthless Pro Wrestling's Boiling Point 2, I almost knew you were going to win the whole thing immediately just by seeing you because I was like, oh, these guys aren't fucking around. Like, this is a unit. All these other guys seemed a little bit haphazard and stuff. I knew some of them had history, but I was like, these are two guys that are on the same page. Uh, we were just focused, man. Like we, we went into that knowing that we just wanted to take it home. Um, we didn't care who was in front of us. Um, first match, you know, being DTA, they're very, they're great. I mean, they're fantastic. There was a little side bet on that and everything. Um, then we got in there with Fear and Loathing, who's a new tag team too. And uh, Schwartzy and uh, Kenny Urban, the Kenny Urban, are outstanding. I mean, two like just man, Schwartzy and is so smart in that ring. And then we get in there with the rejects, and that's a task and a half because I went in with a bum knee. But you slip up one second, just one second, like they did, and we're gonna take your head off. And and they did, and we ended up taking the titles home. Yeah, absolutely. And, and that that's a that's another perfect example, right? They're two guys that have their eyes elsewhere. They've won tag titles mm-hmm. before. They've done stuff, but they're also singles wrestlers, and they're they're sort of semi. You know, they're they're feuding over another belt elsewhere, and they took their eyes off the prize. And then you've got two guys who are on the same page who have laser focus on that one goal. How was it ever going to be anything else? People would have said you guys were underdogs, but I didn't think it, think that going into it. You know what I mean? Well, well, in tag team wrestling, you you have to rely on your partner to be your eyes in the back of your head. Yes. And when when your two are looking at each other and fighting each other, our eyes are on you. Yeah. We're gonna take your head off, like I said. We'll gouge your eyes. We don't care. We're scummy. We're grimy. It's grind time, <laughs> as Zach would say. Yeah. We don't care, bro. We're gonna do whatever it takes. It's not my fault Schwartzy walked into the chair that was in my hands. I, okay? Look, it's, it's not ballet. Stuff, it's not ballet. <laughs> no. It's not my fault. And then I might have fallen on top of him and pinned him for three, you know? But we'll do anything it takes to win. Exactly. You you were injured. You didn't know what was going on. You know what I mean? You were dealing with, it, with that knee and things like that, but you took advantage. And I mean, <laughs> when, like, even 
when they bring in a distraction like a goose that they could that, that you guys could then take <laughs> advantage of. You know, Zach grabbed that goose and and used it to your guys' advantage. You know, it was, it was uh, hey. real entertaining. Why is it out there? Well, you know, stupid. Who What's knows? <laughs> we didn't like it out there, so we had to take it away, and that's yeah. you know we won. Yeah, exactly right. What are you going to do? And so, so tell me uh, about the finisher as well, man, because that was badass. Like, uh, it kind of re- reminded me of like the ascension back in the day, and I think I think that's something that you you said you got, but it, I thought it was faster and harder and brutal. What are you calling it again? The yuppie killer. I love it <laughs> because most people. Most people are dumb. So yeah. Yeah, <laughs> we just want to, yeah. So the way that came about was me and Zach were trying to figure out what we could do. Mm-hmm. And we're two burly ass dudes. Yeah. And we figured we'd just throw our bodies into them. Mm-hmm. And I talked to Connor from the Ascension, actually, since he brought it up mm-hmm. and asked him if it was okay for us to use it. And he said, oh, absolutely. Really? You just reached yes. out to him like raw. Well, I've wrestled him a few times. Oh, okay. Right, right, right. Yeah. So uh-huh. I've wrestled him. And then after I, I built this bond with him, he's the most favorite person I've ever wrestled. Wow. Favorite he opponent. He is absolutely. Yeah. And person. I mean, wow. you can't ask for a better person in life. The guy is, oh my God, you think I'm inspirational. That guy is so just, just bellowing out. And he's as big as you think he is. Yeah. Wow. He is huge. Yeah. And. I think I earned his respect and uh, I said, you know, do you mind if we, we use this? And he goes, absolutely. So that's awesome. Getting the, getting the blessings killer. I just, I was shocked by how fast you were, you know, like just like for the knee sort of thing. You came out of nowhere on the screen and I was like, Jesus Christ, that was so fast. Yeah, the ref almost, uh, he almost got it too. If he (laughs) He he jumped out of the way, I was like, that's not my fault if you get in the way. That's on you. That's on you. Exactly. Yeah, yeah I'm taking out two knees. Yeah, and Zach hits so hard, man. Yeah, exactly. So nah, it, was, it just works. It was perfect. It, yeah, it looks like absolute devastation. I thought it did for them, you know, but like with you guys, it just seemed grimier. <laughs> yeah, just we just we stuck to turn that knife a little bit. You know, what's cool too is like me, Zach, Zach uses a, um, uh, like a, uh, what's the, the pile driver, the, uh, Package like Kevin right? Owens package. He uses that, mm-hmm. and I use the belly to belly, and I use it because Shane Douglas is like one of my favorite wrestlers of all time. Absolutely. And I wrestled Shane, and I beat him with it. Beat and him with it. He kind of gave me the nod too. Wow. Yeah, I beat him with the King's Way. I call it, That's and uh, well, the Dread King calls it the King's Way. I don't know, whatever. <laughs> you but, got no control over that. <laughs> yeah, I have no control, and. uh he kind of gave me the nod and said, you know, it's cool if you use that too. So that's awesome. Shane's awesome, dude. Yeah. Shane, I don't know if you know this, but technically I'm part of the new triple threat with Shane Douglas. No, it, it, it's, on Wiki- it's on Wikipedia. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. This is funny. We, we formed the triple threat again at a promotion. And yeah. Hey, take yeah, it. So, <laughs> that's, hey, I'll take it, man. That's awesome. He was, um, uh, did you catch him? On ETU, expect the unexpected. Yeah, he's going in the chains. Yeah, exactly. Shane, if you need backup, I'm right here. Yeah, that's hella, hella the backup. Just pull in, actually, just pull in both Midwest scum. If you're going to have two people watching your back, they're the ones. 
Yeah, the two grimiest players with the dirtiest player in the game. Come yeah, on. Yeah, buddy, come on. Get him in a if you get him in a Bella Clava as well, that would be a badass entrance. Yeah, get your ass franchised. That's what happens. Ah, <laughs> that's what's up. But yeah, it was a it was a great tournament, man. And how's it feel to be, you know, as Zach would say, first ever longest reigning Ruthless Pro Wrestling tag team champions. Feels like all of the above. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's awesome, man. Yep. Um so Breaking breaking all that down, when you, like what what's next for you guys? I know the very first thing you did was challenge Iron Beast, who are yeah. what what are the you know the biggest animals in the kingdom, so so to speak. You guys win. Not often do challenges then call out you know their biggest competition, but obviously you guys have got an idea behind that. Well, uh, if you want to be the best, you got to fight the best. When you're in prison, if you want to make a statement, you go after the biggest guy in the yard. Mm-hmm. We're going after the two biggest guys in the yard, mm-hmm. KTB and Shane Mercer. And I have seen Shane Mercer. That man hates bleachers. He's thrown them at people. He's took Justin Kyle and chucked them out. I've watched KTB fly off the ropes. I mean, these guys are the real deal. Mm-hmm. And if we want to solidify ourselves as a tag team, we have to go in there and we have to decimate. We have to show. I'm going to be 100% this time. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm known to do anything and everything. Mm-hmm. I don't I care about my body, but I don't care about it enough to lose. Mm-hmm. So I just hope Mercer and KTB are ready, because I know me and Zach are gonna get scummy and grimy and dreadful. <laughs> That's awesome, man. Um, tell me about the the idea for the masks because I, I've heard you talk about that before, and I kind of liked your your mindset behind it. Plus it, when you guys come out, it, it's really striking as well. So the idea with the masks is that we want to show that um, we're a unit, that we're the same, you know, we are all, I, I always say this cause I, I stole it from a movie and it, I, I really like the saying, but we are all the dying decaying compost in, a, in, in the world. That is a giant compost pile. Mm-hmm. We're all the same. You know, we all wear masks, but deep down inside, we're all still the same. And we're just trying to show the world that we're going to take our masks off. We're going to beat ass. We're going to do things that we probably shouldn't do to people. And then we're going to put our masks on and go back to our normal life. Exactly. We just want to be different. Like, uh, it's just a, I don't know. There's something about it when I put that mask on before I go out there with my best friend mm-hmm. and we know we're about to do some bad things. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards we come back and kick it and laugh about it. <laughs> that's killer it it must be you know when you talk about getting into that fight mode and stuff it's like you know pulling on a jersey or or, or something like that you know like here we are same page let's go and do what needs to be done well zach and i like i remember we'd be standing next to each other and i we look at each other before we come out the entrance and i'll say i love you he'll say i love you and i'll say i love you back and then one of us would be like, no, let's go fuck these dudes up. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. We just want to have fun. We just want to go out there and we want to make a statement. We want to show the world that we're real. Yeah. Zach is, um, I couldn't ask for a better partner when it comes to wrestling. I look up to him as much as he looks up to me, even though it's like a huge age gap difference and everything like that. We are little brother, big brother. Like there's no stopping us. We like, I, I, how do you explain 
um, you know, they say blood is thicker than water and all that, but I just think, you know, we might not be true blood, but we're goddamn close to it, you know? It's, and I think that's what shines through, right? Like when I, I see you guys together, that integrity sort of like leeches out of you guys, you know, like you can see it, that it's real. It's not you guys playing a team, you guys are a team and you're two guys that are 100% focused on the same goal. Like you want to be the best tag team you can be. You want Midwest scum to be as good as it can be and that. That reads. It doesn't feel like a, a thrown together tag team or a, a you know a stop gap until you know someone can be world champion or whatever. It feels like you guys want to be the best tag team in the world. Yeah, we just we man, I don't know, bro. We just want to just make a legacy for ourselves. Mm-hmm. I just want to, in the end, I just want to say I tried my best. Mm-hmm. That's all we can do, whether I make it or not. I just want to say, all right, I gave it my best. If this is the best. I listened to Alistair Black do an interview once, and he said when he was coming up and wrestling, um, I think it was with Lillian Garcia, he said every time he got to a new level, he would tell himself, well, if this is the best I get to, then this is the best I get to, and I'd be happy. Mm-hmm. So I kind of live my wrestling career like that too, where if I get to the next level and that's as far as I get, well, then that's as far as I get, and I will be satisfied with that because I earned that spot, and that's as far as I could go with the time that I had. That's amazing. I don't know how I don't know how Zach's mentality is with it, but I know my mentality is just keep going, 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 going until one day I can't go no more. Yeah, that. I mean, that's the the way for success to happen, right? Like, just give it your mm-hmm. all through every step and be satisfied with where you are and be grateful for what's happened. Yeah, it's uh, sacrifice and uh, just learning as you go. Yeah. You know, every little thing that you do in life, you learn a lesson from. You just got to slow down to listen. Exactly. It can be hard to do that. It can, you know, but if you're, you're open to it, I guess that's, that's where, <laughs> that's the mystery, right? <laughs> that, that's the, yeah. that's the hardest part is slowing down. I find when I, I quite often will rush things and then usually regret it. You know what I mean? Like it kind of costs mm-hmm. you to, to rush things and you're like, fuck, if I hadn't just rushed that, then I wouldn't have done this and it wouldn't have meant that I then couldn't do this and blah, blah, blah. Like if you just approach things in the right way, it's in the correct way is what I should say, then you're going to see the results for it. And it comes back to that hard work, you know? Yeah. See, what taught me to slow down was the uh, body transformation. Yeah. Because it takes time and you can't give up on it because if you do, it goes backwards quick. Mm -hmm. You have to really put maximum effort into yourself to grow mm-hmm. and you really have to slow down. Like I, I have learned now to teach myself how my body feels. Mm-hmm. If my body's telling me don't lift today, I'm not going to lift. If my brain's telling me not to lift, I'm going to lift because I'm going to conquer my, my mind over my body. Yeah. You know, your brain, every, how many people wake up in the morning and they look in the mirror and they defeat themselves before they even start the day? Yeah. Like so many. When I wake up, I look in the mirror, I say, what can I do today to make myself better? Mm-hmm. And that is what I think a lot of people need to do in life is really have a good conversation with themselves. Yeah. I'll stand in front of a mirror and talk to myself for an hour, just just telling myself, hey, man, this is what you need to do. This is where you need to do to get there. You know, I set myself up for success. Yeah, wow. It's, I, and I think like when, when you say like your journey of five years, 
it's probably easy to kind of look at a before and after photo and go like, oh, that's really impressive. Five years and, and you got that. That's really cool. But when I think of the details of that, like you must have been going through like a lot, you know, like physically, like that you don't feel good when you're that big. I mean, I fucking, no. I'm not that big and I don't feel good now because I'm far from my, <laughs> my like, healthiest. I'm carrying a few injuries and stuff. But like, I can only imagine like when you first go to the gym and you're getting on the treadmill and you're, you're doing these different things, it would be hard and you would feel like probably the weakest you've ever felt in all this stuff. I mean, it would be, and it would be so tiring, man. You know, we, we, we briefly talked off mic before this happened. So it's, well, it's now 8am here. And Logan and I were messaging each other. We're still good. I was already up. It was like 4.30 a.m. here, but I was getting my wife off to work, you know? And then when I messaged him later, I, I then got her off to work and I, I went back to bed because I was tired and I'm going to have like half an hour's sleep or something before I speak to you. You are on an exercise bike, <laughs> like, you know, getting in the extra thing. And I'm like, I probably should have done that because really what did that, half hour extra sleep like achieve for me you know kind of nothing but like sleepiness and laziness sort of breeds that I guess and you feel tired all the time and just on and on it goes and I know sort of what I need to do to not have it but it's really hard to cross that hump sometimes you know and so I can only imagine how hard it is to cross that hump when you're carrying that sort of size it must have been like challenge every single day man so first off what can i do to help you when you're ready mm -hmm. you know and second let's keep that in the back of your mind because okay, i'm going to get on you now about that <laughs> if you want to feel better yeah i'm gonna get on you about it i, 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 might, need it. I might need it uh, don't worry man i'm i'm here yeah. like we've become friends now through this mm -hmm. and i'm you know if you need my time i'm willing to give it to help you right. so just Thank so you know man. Thank you. Um, but to your question, it didn't feel great. Yeah. Now, if, if you're comfortable in your own skin, that's, that's awesome. Like, I want you to be happy with who you are. If you're good being skinny, big, you know, short, tall, whatever it is, I just think everyone should love themselves. But I just choose to love myself a little bit more because I just wasn't happy with where I was. Mm -hmm. Like walking upstairs, man, like it was terrible. My knees would hurt. My back would hurt. You know, getting up off the floor was not good. I mean, I felt when my wife and I would have alone time, I felt terrible. You know what I mean? Like my wife weighs a hundred pounds. Yeah. I had like two extra, I, I had 200 pounds on her, you know, like almost 300 pounds. Yeah. Well, that's not, I mean, I felt like I'm lucky. I still have her, you know, like I'm that woman, that woman, my queen is, that's the one. But anyway, so all that weight, had to go and I made a choice and I just chose to love myself. And I like to think that by me posting my photos and things like that, it's not to say like, Hey, look at me. It's to say, Hey, look what you can do. Yeah, exactly. I want other people to love themselves. I want other people. I have a lot of people that reach out to me and they ask for advice and stuff like that. And I give them the best I can, mm -hmm. but it's their choice to use it. Yeah. And if they're going to do it, they're going to do it. You know, if not, don't be an asshole. <laughs> and by that, I mean, don't ask me a bunch of questions, waste my time, and then go back to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. 
You know what I mean? Like time is really important to me. Yeah. Cause you never know when it's up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I feel, feel completely the same way. I had, um, I had run a business for a while. So I mean, a friend started uh, a, a business like a rehearsal studio for bands and things like that. And when I was running it, it took up a lot of time. So I was working full time all day and then I would go to this place at night for like several hours and I would also have this, a phone, on me at all times with bands and stuff, booking rehearsals and things like that. Yeah, yeah. And in, in <clears throat> the end, we had to close that business and people are like, oh, you're sad or whatever. You didn't, you know, really make much money. I'm like, I'm really not. Like, I learned a lot. It was all for a reason. The only thing that it really took from me was time. And that's kind of mm. the unforgivable thing. When we decided to close it, we were both like, we don't want to invest any more of our time in it. I could have kept throwing money at it and maybe made it work or whatever, but it became that thing where it's like, this has turned into a vortex of time and it just needs to stop, you know? And yeah. I, tr- I try and manage this thing now, the phone. When I say I don't have a ringtone, like since that business closed, my phone has never been off silent. It's been off vibrate because I never want to hear it fucking go again. You know what I mean? Because I used to, I would be, you know, I don't even know how I ended up with my wife because we'd be dating and stuff and I'd get calls and I'd have to take it and book bands and do things like mid-dinner and things because it was work, you know? Uh, Now I try not to let it come in the way of everything like it used to because it used to invade my life all the time. Because, like you say, all you've got is time, right? So, and then yeah. I try and with my current work, like it goes between nine, you know, nine and five thirty, whatever it is, and then I try and leave it there, and you know, look at it later because you you only get so many moments to sort of you know do the things you like, like this podcast. You know, this takes a yeah. lot of time to do a podcast, but it, but it's an investment in time because I enjoy it. You know, much as I'm sure like working out is for you. And things like that. Like you, when you find those spare minutes, you want to do it because it's something you're passionate about. Exactly. I agree with you 100%. Like working out to me is like, it's like that first cup of coffee in the morning, you know, the endorphins kick in. That's what I was going to say. If you would have gotten up, you know, that half hour and you would have gotten on the bike, your endorphins would have kicked in. You would have felt more awake than you feel now. Mm, You know, it's that breath of fresh air. Yeah, exactly right. And so you know all that. But at the time, you're feeling lazy and tired, and it's like this mental block where you don't want to do it. And I kind of don't really have any excuse in the world for a couple of reasons. A, I own a bicycle. We do, like, a lot of riding. And B, in our apartment complex, we in this apartment, there's a gym downstairs that I can use any time with, like, full weights, treadmill, cross-trainer, pool, all these things. I have not been in it in no, no joke years now. You know what I mean? When I first came here, like I, I started to use it and started to do stuff, but things happen, excuses happen, and then you turn around and you go, oh, wait, that was a couple of years since I was down in that room, you know, that I have yeah. free access to. Well, I mean, I don't have free access. I pay Strata and it's exorbitant, but you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. But the well, facilities I mean, are there, you know, like so. Yeah. Well, my buddy, he called me the other day and I was talking to him about his weight and I'm trying to help him. Mm-hmm. And... um he goes, well, I'm going to start after the new year. I go, well, why not just start now? There's no good day to start. Mm-hmm. So why postpone it? That's just your brain defeating you. Yeah. You know what I mean? So he started that day. Yeah. And now I'm keeping tabs on and helping him. You know? <laughs> That's awesome. 
That's awesome. It's yeah. really, really cool that you sort of want to give back. When you were when you were going through that transformation yourself, were you was there anybody that you reached out to or anybody that was sort of helping you along the way with tips and advice and things like that? So I do a lot of my own research. Like I would look up um, like the IFBB bodybuilder Seth Ferrosi. Mm-hmm. He has a podcast. Everything like guy is a genius when it comes to lifting. Uh, my cousin, my cousin actually was the first guy that really, so when I was in high school, I had a weightlifting class. So I had an idea of what to do. Mm-hmm. It's just, if you don't use it, you lose it, you know, or you gain it apparently. So I gained a bunch <laughs> yeah. and then, um, but I would just do research. I would try all types of things. Like my diet is very strange. Um, I basically do carnivore, like a version of my own carnivore diet mm-hmm. where I eat a carb just before I lift. But I just eat meat, cheese, and eggs all day with, like, water and coffee. And, like, the other day I posted two steaks and five eggs scrambled with sriracha on top. So I had two steaks and five eggs. <laughs> that sounds like an awesome meal. <laughs> it was fantastic, let me tell you. Like, but, and, and now Zach, he talked me into fasting. And because I fasted for about two weeks, I, I dropped to the goal weight I've had, which was 199. Like I had a like when I hit that man, I was taking a shower afterwards. I'm not gonna lie, I had a breakdown. I was in that shower, just like one tear rolled down my face, but I made sure I was in the shower so you couldn't see him. Honestly, but, it was only one tear. <laughs> yeah, I, I wouldn't know. It, it was wasn't thousands. Uh, that was the that was the shout. Yeah, but that that I earned that moment. Yeah, you know, absolutely. Like, that's a lot. That was a lot of work, and I'm a firm believer too that. Anything that you do in life, you need to put maximum effort into, even if it's mowing your lawn, because it'll set you up later to put maximum effort into the hard things that come. Mm -hmm. So you'll be accustomed to it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people don't understand that. Like a lot of people freak out when like major events come their way. I don't, I stay stone faced because I know I can get through it Mm -hmm. because I've put work in other places. Yeah. It's awesome. It's the mind over matter. I don't mind. And that shit don't matter. (sighs) That's great, man. It's it's been really inspiring talking to you, dude. Like I think your attitude is infectious. I I think uh, it's and it's really sort of awesome to see somebody that gives back and wants to help and is laser focused on a goal. Like it's something I really respect. I I think in my life I'm maybe like the king of fucking procrastination. You know, I wanted to do a podcast for years, but I spent time talking myself out of it why people wouldn't want to hear me talk, why my takes are dumb, I don't want judgment, social media, all those kind of things. Until the day I just started doing it and just started talking into a mic with no pro, with no plan, you know? I said to my friend, oh, but think about it. And, you know, I, w- I manage a music store is what I do, sell guitars and stuff, you know? Cool. And so I had access to all the equipment. So that became an excuse, right? Oh, I've got to wait for this thing to come out and then I'm going to, I'm going to set up the studio and like I had to plan everything and stuff. And one of, my, one of my guys at work said, so why haven't you started yet? And I'm like, oh, well, you know, I, I'm just not sure if it's that good and I'm just kind of figuring out. And he goes, well, play me what you've done. And I, I kind of play him a bit. And he goes, okay, now play me one of the podcasts that you like. And I play that and he goes, it just sounds like two dudes talking about wrestling. I can't even tell the difference. Just put it up. And I was like, mm, he's kind of got a point there. And so, <laughs> and so I just started, you know, September last year. Yeah. And now it's December, a year and a bit later, over 95 episodes recorded, like heading towards 100. And it seems 
kind of surreal, like to look back on it, like how yeah. sort of far it's come and getting to meet people. I didn't never wanted to do interviews. You know what I mean? I didn't think I'd have anything to offer or any kind of, you know, or anybody would want to talk to me. I thought I'd just, you know, sort of talk about the things I liked for quite a while, but I just kind of fell into it and it just, it just keeps going. So, you know, it just, it's a, it's a very different lane to fitness, but it's one that, yeah, has just, it, with hard work, it just keeps going, you know? Well, I can tell you right off the rip, you carry yourself very well. It's very professional. Mm-hmm. It's organized. You're super re- relaxed and easy to talk to. Sometimes when you talk to guys on podcasts, it can be a little weird, you know? Yeah. Like, we talked for about 10, 15 minutes before, just laughing and having a good time telling stories, you know? Mm-hmm. And you made it really comfortable, which is important, you know? Thank so you, So I really appreciate that. Mm. Thank you. That, that's I, I just try and make new friends. You know what I mean? When I do this, I yeah. just try and get inside the head. And I, I want to have like an honest, genuine conversation. I, I don't do gotcha journalism. I'm not trying to get scoops. I'm just trying to give people a look into the life of people who inspire me. Because like when I, when I came up as like a wrestling fan in Geraldton, Western Australia... <laughs> Wrestling wasn't an option. I couldn't become a wrestler. Like, that was across the other other side. So anybody that does that inspires me because it was something that I would have loved to do as a kid. Now I'm an old man that's very injured. I was in a metal band for 10 years with dreadlocks doing windmills, dude. My neck is absolutely cooked. Um, but that's like, awesome, though. That's yeah. so awesome. <laughs> but I did it. Uh, and, and I love seeing it you know and uh, like the stories and the details and and stuff like that is what matters to me i I love breaking that stuff down and so the fact that any of you would give me your time and share those moments with me and give people a peek into to your lives and and what it takes is really inspiring so i i love that i get to do this with guys like yourself man it's been really awesome hell yeah man um everyone everyone life needs purpose you know Mm -hmm. that's that's what life is about is having purpose and you are starting to find yours and, you know, and you seem like you're loving it. And that's, what's important. I can tell just by, I know people aren't seeing this, but you know, you've got a big smile on your face. You have a glow, man. You just feel good about your, that's my, that's my tasteful that. lighting, the glow. That's the screen <laughs> and the purple backlight. Yeah. But, but sure. <laughs> it's ambiance. It, it is ambiance. It I only got, this is our cinema room. Nobody else can see this, but, but the Dread King Logan can. So we painted this room very dark with like, you know, dark things and there's a TV on the wall here and we just got those hue lights in that let you do mood lighting, you know. Cool. It can even sync up. So say we're watching a movie, it like changes with the scene and stuff. But it actually yeah. kind of works pretty good in this setting too because it looks a little bit more professional, as you say, because it, it's not just like a weird stark room where I'm like, hey man, welcome to my office. Like, you know. You mean like how I got shit behind me, that's all. Yeah, well, I mean, you've you've got a weight rack behind you, which uh, yeah, sets yeah. an entirely different kind of mood that seems pretty appropriate for you. Yeah, it's touche, touche. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's got their own vibe. You've got to set your, set your scene, you know? Yeah, I, this is, uh, I let my wife have the whole house, but this is my little section of do what you get to the do. dungeon, I call exactly. it. Yeah. I would love to have a basement. Basements aren't a thing in Australia. Like maybe some rich people have them and things like that, but any house that gets built, we we don't have basements. See, I like you know my basement's unfinished, and what I like about it is it's just, it literally fits me. It's just dirty and grimy, and like when it rains, water trickles through the floor, and it's just like it, it's scummy and shitty, yeah, and it's like, just a perfect place to throw weights and just be a 
my monster, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. I reckon that, that spot behind you would look pretty awesome with that Midwest Scum logo just straight on the wall. Oh, you mean you mean this? The one that's spray-painted underneath? Oh! <laughs> yeah, there you go. It was covered by a poster, but there, <laughs> but there is a logo there. That Bellic, yes. uh, it's spray-painted a more scummy version. Um, oh, yeah, and yeah, that's... That, um, that Belaclava logo with the crowbars and stuff is sick, man. Oh yeah, that's uh, Adam Ball, man. He's a RPW. Um, he kind of does all the RPW logos and stuff like that. And we've become kind of cool, and I shot the idea to him, and we got it in multiple. I'll have to send you a shirt, man. We'll have to send you a shirt. Oh well, that's very kind. I will definitely rep it, but wait until the USPS is shipping to Australia again because <laughs> just kidding. I'll, I'll send you one again. It's a fucking joke. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, my uh, my friend Corey runs Deathmatch Worldwide, and I did a big oh, cool. order with him, and he went to ship it, and it was straight up like two hundred dollars to get it to Australia, and he's like, "I can't send this to you," and I'm like, "That is totally fine." So it just sits in the Yikes. corner of his office building as he releases more and more cool shit. I just send him a message add it to the pile and then probably when shipping uh to australia restarts it'll probably be about 200 bucks anyway <laughs> how about this i work on getting de on deathmatch down under and i'll bring shirts with me there you go that's it i wish i could get on that hey, that shows amazing i know some people i know some people so <laughs> okay i can make some introductions absolutely all right so i will not put that away i will not I will. <laughs> no do not do not i'm mm, excited i know some very nice people so tell me, man, what is next for the Dread King Logan and for Midwest Scum? That's a that's a really hard question. I know. I don't want to plan the future. Yeah. I just wanted to come my way and Excellent. stomp a mud hole through it. Yeah. I, wanted, I want Zach to know his worth, how good he is. I want me to shine, and I just want Midwest Scum to be a name that people uh, they respect. Absolutely. That we're not just two dudes. Answer. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. You you're, know, you're we're not just two dudes thrown together. We're two guys that are a brotherhood, mm -hmm. and we're after the same goal, and we want to entertain the people, but we also want to be the best we can be. I love it, man. Perfect words. Tell the people where to find you guys on social media, man. Sure. So we don't have a Midwest gum thing going yet, but you can find Zach and all of his Zach Thomas stuff, which you can hear on his podcast, but this one's about me. Which so, was early in the week. <laughs> that was early in the week. But uh, basically all my self stuff is at the Dread King Logan, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Facebook. And you can go on YouTube and look me up. I have a channel with a lot of my matches. And um, next week, uh, I'm excited about this. Uh, I will be wrestling Madman Fulton next week. Ooh. And that will be a fantastic match. So look for that. It'll be posted too. That is going to be killer. Dude, I want to thank you so much for your time. It's been awesome getting to know you today. Uh, and we'll have to do it again sometime. Zach and I were saying we're going to have to do you both together now that we've done the individual backstories. That's a lot to take in when him and I are together. Yeah, we, it's going to need to be a late night <laughs> one, a few beers, uh, and just a, a total scummy mess. It's like Dumb and Dumber, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I think the people will love it too. So everybody out there for the Dread King Logan, for Midwest Scum, and for Faces and Feels, remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling.
Thanks everyone for listening. Faces and Feels is a DIY project created and edited in-house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram at FacesFeelsCast, Twitter at FacesFeelsCast, and Facebook at FacesFeelsCast. Or send us an email with topic suggestions or feedback to facesandfeels at gmail.com and don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Our banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show. Peace out. My body is a roadmap of pain. Deathmatchworldwide.com The official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Zona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G-Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a Deathmatch wrestling promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com for the violent view. Vinyls and Violence, a brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence, follow on Twitter at Legalize Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's, and buy the shirts from deathmatchworldwide.com. Vinyls and violence. I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit like Pokemon or something. <laughs>